Come follow us on our journey to get a low-budget DIY feature film from script to screen and beyond. And beyond. Nobody, nobody knows who we are. <laughs> Look at yourselves. Realistically, nobody's going to give you that money. Nobody. You don't know who the fuck you are. It's a complete risk. You are unknown. This is our first feature film. Something we're going to do together. Uh, you're going to get it warts and all. For now, you're just some pair of videos like everyone else. Never wait for permission. You just have to start. Give yourself something impossible to do and then just find the bloody way of making that thing happen. This is DIY Cinema Cult. Welcome one and all to DIY Cinema Cult. I am still Mark Hardman. Are you still Aaron Trinder? I think I am, yes. Although there's been many transformations, but I believe that my name is still the same. It's yeah. good to hear. How you... are you doing, Mark? I'm doing very, very well, mate. We're, we're is both... this the first podcast that we've done where you've been not in London? Uh, no, I, uh, no, I think, did we, didn't we do one where I'd moved? I am in my kind of new uh, office now, which is nice. So I'm kind of all kind of settled in a bit more. Um, it's it's all been new office on the south coast of England, no less. Yes, yes, we are down by the seaside and uh, live in live yes. in the seaside shanty life. Uh, no, it's very nice actually. So we're kind of enjoying it. We're well settled in now. I've been down here for months and months and months. We're both kind of a bit un- under the weather, aren't we? Mm. Apologise, listeners, if our voices are a little croaky and maybe sexy. Maybe yes. you don't mind. Um, that's yeah that's true i'll go i'll take that but you have very good reason to be uh, quite under the weather Aaron, because you have had a very very busy period with free party your film for people who have been listening to this podcast for quite a while or maybe you've just dropped in and you're starting to listen me and Aaron have both been kind of trying to push forward into existence these um our indie uh, feature films and Aaron's film uh, a feature doc about the free party culture and rave culture from the early 90s onwards has 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 kind of blossomed into a very very near finished at least finished for festival run feature film and and you've been you've been picked up and been going on a bit of a nationwide tour with doc and roll tell us a little bit about that it's been an extremely long process to to get us to this stage but um uh, for those of uh, our listeners who may have had the unfortunate or, or uh, insight <laughs> to listen to our perineum <laughs> episode, uh, <laughs> which obviously not is not for everyone's taste, but if you if you sort of saw it all the way through the end, it's been really... that has been our most complained about episode. I've had several people really? come up to me and say, "Stop doing <laughs> the stuff where you're talking to ghosts." <laughs> <laughs> Well, if anyone got to the end of that madness, um, uh, it, it's a little bit like the, you know the Sergeant Pepper's had a little secret message at the end, didn't he? Yeah. Not saying not saying that the preceding forty-five minutes was anything like anything as good as, as the, the Beatles. It's always good album, to like liking yourselves to the Beatles every now and again, just yeah, to boost your confidence. But, but, exactly, but that episode did have a secret message in it, and the secret message was. Um, we cast a little ritual, didn't we? We, we did. We applied a, a chaos magic uh, ritual, which obviously not being particularly, you know, religious or superstitious types, it was all done with a tongue firmly in our cheek um, and uh, gin thoroughly in our veins. Yes. Um, but we cast a ritual and the idea was that we would summon things forwards in, in, the, in the year. And, um, and thankfully, I think partly because of that and also partly because of a, a series of other very fortuitous and, and uh, hard-working uh, moments of, of the year. 
we um, we got accepted to a film festival and um, it was a fantastic way of getting the film both uh, up to a level where we could screen it at cinemas which is terrifying in itself because yeah. of the whole bunch of technical and um, you know legal and otherwise challenges to, to actually show it to people who are buying tickets to come to see a film and then yeah we went on this amazing tour all across the UK um, to lots and lots of art house independent or small chain kind of cinemas so wow I don't even know where to start we were in Brighton which was a fantastic screening at the Duke of York which is the oldest surviving cinema in in the UK um, a fantastic music hall space with pretty beautiful sound we were in Manchester, we were in Nottingham, which was obviously a, a very huge home of the free party story and had a fantastic reaction there. We had two screenings on at the same cinema, uh, one in a small wow. space and one in a massive space, you know, incredible sound at a brilliant cinema called the Nottingham Broadway. And then we went to Cardiff and uh, Bristol. We played two screenings in Bristol we're in Sheffield and then we were all over the country at events that I would wasn't at so we I did Q&As at a number of them so I was basically you know like a traveling salesman getting on the the first train and the last train in uh, around the country which which is a very hair-raising experience if you're ever trying to get from you know Cardiff <laughs> to Sheffield and Sheffield back to London again all in one day with a film we had I think over 23 screenings nationally and I believe something like 85% of them were sold out. Which is, that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. Gob, gobsmacking, really. Amazing. Wow. Shall I take you back yeah. now to the the very, was it the, the one that I came to in Hackney? Was that was that it UK was, premiere, world premiere? Officially the world premiere, yes. Wow. So, although, of course, we've done these work in progress screenings. The film has obviously changed but a great deal. So this was our first official uh, screening in a, in a cinema. Uh, and yes, indeed, the world premiere. Amazing. Okay, well, let me play you this little clip right now. Listen to this. You are listening to the debut feature film podcast. This is DIY Cinema Cult. We are in the Rio Cinema, Dalston, in Swinging London. <laughs> <laughs> Swinging London. <laughs> It's the launch of, the dock and roll launch of your film Free Party. How are you feeling? Oh God, absolutely petrified. It's been such an intense period of sort of dealing with all of the many millions of logistics to kind of make something happen. What, what's kind of been really interesting is doing the DIY process that we've both been going through yeah. to uh, actually deliver a film for a film festival mm. because Obviously, you know, it's all very well showing something on a projector at the back of a pub or whatever, or looking at it on your laptop screen, but delivering to the cinema spec has been the really, really scary thing. But um, yeah. also clearing the music, which has been endless, you know, challenges and interesting moments of this music we can use, we can't use this music, this one's going to be this much money, all that kind of stuff's been... So have you had to pull things out last minute for these festival screenings? Yeah, we, we had, there was probably the last music track was slotted in a week ago, today. Right. Yeah. So we were mixing the sound over the weekend. I mean, it's been proper all the way to the last minute, you know. And, and you're cleared now for 
all festival screenings or just for this setup here? We are cleared for film festivals for one year worldwide for music and for most of the picture archive as well, because that was another thing, clearing, clearing all the picture. Those two things mean that now we are able to screen the film at film festivals across the world, apart from a few picture things that we've got to navigate, but we hopefully we can sort that out. So it's amazing. We're right at the start of, I suppose, our year's worth of festival journey, you know? So we're here at the Hackney Rio. So a bit scary thinking, will it be full of people? <laughs> will the sound sound okay? You know, all that. I noticed stuff. during a good company as well over Halloween, they're screening Don't Look Now, yeah. The Wicker Man, Possession. Yeah. So you're in good, you're in good company. Good company. And, you know, there, there was going to be one moment about three weeks ago where they were like, oh no, we're going to have to pull your film because we've got the, the new Martin Scorsese film on. And I was like, no! <laughs> but actually we were, we were screening at the same week and the same day as a Scorsese film. So I, that's definitely wow. something I never thought I'd be able to say. So yeah, it's very exciting. We're, we're obviously in London tonight, Brighton tomorrow, and then all over the country and then back to London again uh, for the 10th of November, which is going to be our Brixton final screening. And tell us about Dock and Roll. How did you come about getting that? Because it feels quite unique, the setup in, in that they take films on a tour of mm. the country, essentially, don't they? Yeah, I think what, what, what was kind of interesting, I suppose, about my film is thinking, well, what's a good home for it? Because it's music-based, but it's obviously also a kind of cultural story. Um, so, uh, and I've been in contact and conversations with the people at Dock and Roll for a couple of years, really, two or three years. I sent them a very early trailer. And um, so we've had lots of chats and uh, it just felt like this is a sort of perfect way to get it out in the world. Bizarrely, our film has got the most screenings across the most places wow. in the country. And uh, so far we're looking like we've got a hell of a lot of sellouts as well. So. <laughs> absolutely mad yeah it all started here on this podcast basically it, it did it did and i was thinking about it because it was like january 2019 and we did our first interviews around that time well should we get out of this echoey little bar I and we go we back you probably have people to to meet and stuff so yeah, uh, and the yeah. screening is when is the screening it's in uh 6 30 so only in half an hour so yeah i think um a pre a pre-film kind of uh, beer to settle the nerves and then uh, me with my head in my hands throughout the whole process. Are you, are you saying a few words before the film? Uh, I don't know about before, but we're doing a little Q&A afterwards. Right, okay. Yeah, which should be fun. Okay, let's go. Okay, let's go. Let's take a seat, break a leg, mate. It's going to be brilliant. I'm going to stand at the back. Oh my God, what a great cinema. Hello, folks. Good evening. Hello. My name's Colin Ford. I'm the programmer of Dock and Roll Film Festival. I'm glad to be standing here at this phenomenal film on its world premiere. I give it up for Aaron, the director. That's it. Enjoy.
Yeah, I loved it. I've, I've wanted. I've been going to free parties since I was uh, 15 years old, and I've wanted. I've wanted like a documentation of the free party yeah. journey. It's very like very well inspirational. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. No. Fucking. Makes yeah. me want to go. Really beautifully like yeah. put together yeah. with all the folk history. I, well. I love. Yeah. I love the fact that there was. Um, you had the, the yeah. kind of like it, it tapped into the idea that it's not just like a modern phenomena. It's like a. It's a tribal thing. You had the the pay the pagan like imagery, the cycles of the moon projected over it and stuff. It was really, it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. you guys. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. How did that feel? Uh, yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, the main thing is that it was it worked. That's the main yeah. thing. Yeah, it was work. It worked, didn't it? Yeah, and you because you're worried about the sound and stuff. I was at worried the about end. the sound. Oh, I thought it sounded great. Mate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, actually, the music could have come back up a bit more. Yeah. I mean, it was a really it's one of those things, isn't it? Like you know, each yeah. venue I probably go to go. Oh, that music's too loud. Music's too quiet. Yeah. Time for a podcast. We've got to go to the pub. Yeah, we did it earlier. Walk so, and talk. Walk and talk. Walk and talk. Walk and talk. So, anyway, yeah. so well done, mate. Congratulations. Well done. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. There you go, the free party world premiere. What was it like to listen back to that? Yeah, it, it sort of, it was, it's a little bit like uh, PTSD, sort of being transported back to uh, the stress and the uh, the anxiety uh, of the kind of first night. You certainly had that post-screening shell-shocked filmmaker vibe when I interviewed you. It's like what you kind of just went, well, it kind of happened and it's over now. Yeah. You know, you didn't know what I to know. say. <laughs> I know, I know. There's, it's very hard to have a high five moment because all yeah. you know, obviously you, you're watching it and you know, all you think is, oh god, well, we didn't do that and we should have done. The high five think... moment never really comes, does it? It never really no, comes. It, no, it's interesting that I think partly because you know, it's uh, if you've made something, all mm. you see is all the decisions that have gone into making it. There's definitely moments in the film that I can kind of sit and rest and enjoy. I feel like. There are yeah. sections that I feel like I've been comfortable with this for a while. This bit flows. I'm happy with how it all works together. And then there are other bits that I I remember, you know, changing so recently that I'm still I got that kind of feeling of like, is this the right? Did we do the right thing here? You know. Yeah. Um, but largely, I think it's in a much better place. And it, and and so far, the audience response has been pretty out out of this world really I mean, and you can you can really hear from from that little piece how big the yeah. audience was for that screening and it sounds like they were pretty much the same mm. throughout your little run but it was a really what i really loved about being in the audience for the film was it's, it's a very first off appreciative and connected audience but it's also yeah. very vocal and very they're yeah. noisy <laughs> Like there's some parts, yeah. especially when Maggie Thatcher or John Major appears on screen, it's like you're at a pantomime. Uh, there's people kind of <laughs> heckling the screen. Yeah, there was a flying kind of uh, plastic pint glass that went towards yeah. Thatcher as she came on, wasn't yeah. it? It was, it was, it was very interesting because um, uh, the cinema itself was, um, it was sort of around Halloween, of course, when we yes. did that screening. And, and you're right, it was a very excitable um busy crowd there was a lot of people that obviously knew it as a story but there were lots of sort of younger people too 
and you know it was a Friday Friday night, so it was a bit like people you know finishing up from work, and then let's get quite a few drinks down us, and there was a queue around the block, and it was mm. a real buzzy vibe, you know, sort of Friday night on kind of Dawson High Street, and um, you know my kids were there, and my mum was there, yeah. and and and, it, and there was this other thing of like obviously the screening seemed to go down really well, lots of laughs lots of kind of cheering and dancing and, and all of that and booing when Thatcher was there and <laughs> and then some quite shocked moments when there was obviously the violent mm. uh, violent kind of state kind of responses to things and so it was a it was a real full spectrum of reactions and emotions in a, in a good way you know hopefully in somewhat connected to the way I intended um, and then of course <clears throat> we got up to do our Q&A obviously it's a great response and then you, you sort of realize people have been throwing stuff on stage and there's sort of you know a few kind of plastic pint glasses on the stage <laughs> and uh, and the stage had actually been completely um plastic wrapped and, and i was right. thinking what the hell are they going to do to me on the stage here you know and, and i realized they were expecting more pint glasses maybe were they <laughs> yeah i thought it's going to be publicly flogged or killed or you know sort of uh, sacrificial yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, sort of bled on the stage. Um, but it was partly because apparently because there was immediately afterwards a Halloween blood show that was oh, wow. going to be in the movie afterwards. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was a really interesting first screening. And then it sort of set the tone. And then some of the other screenings, particularly the one in Sheffield, was very interesting because it was a much younger audience. I would say it was 80 percent people in their 20s, early 20s. Yeah. Uh, and again, I was like, are they going to get it? You know, they, I, I don't know if people in their 20s even know what a traveller was, you know, a new age traveller. Do they they get it? You know, do they even know who Thatcher was? You know, this yeah. is a really interesting thing. The crowd that I went up and talked to afterwards, they were all very young. I didn't really realise until mm, I kind of went right. and appro approached them. But um, I mean, first interesting thing that happened when I approached them, I went up and said, excuse me, guys, do you mind if I ask you some questions? And the girl nearest to me just turned around, looked somewhere above my head and said, no, 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 I'm, I don't have any change. She thought I was homeless. <laughs> so that was the start of my interview. Like the guy who said, oh, I've been going to free parties since I was 15. He was probably about 18 or 19, but it was, <laughs> but, 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 but they had a really interesting, they particularly loved all of the, you know, you know, you delving right back to the start and the history. And I guess yeah. that, I mean, their, their only criticism was that they, the criticism that I cut out of the piece, but their only criticism was, you know, <laughs> when you bring it right up to date that's the bit that they're in now they're in the continuation now yeah. of free party so they felt like that was kind of scanned over but like you said in your interview afterwards there's only it's a, you know it's a two-hour film or a one hour yeah. 40 film there's only so much you can tell and you you are telling the folk history of it you can't yeah and also very, very i remember you said on stage with was it jack from diy you're on stage yeah, with that jack night. from diy yeah Some, someone in the audience asked you know where is it going to go from here from now and you said well mm. two middle-aged men aren't the people you should be asking it's the it's yeah. the young generation <laughs> so in a way those people i was chatting to it's it's their generation that now to pick up cameras and document yeah. the next stage absolutely and i mean you know you, like you say you've got to stop somewhere otherwise you're yeah. doing the history of the world um yeah you know a, D a diy project taking up the history of the world is is uh, <laughs> it's even more foolhardy than me attempting to make this project uh with with no money and uh you know no support uh yeah institutional at least but um yeah i mean you know 
that that question's come up a few times. People have said, mm. "Oh, why didn't you talk about all the free parties happening now?" And I said, "Well, there is a nod to all of that." Yeah. Um, and of course, you know that uh, is obviously it's very significant for people now who are involved in that sort of scene. And I'm I'm very excited to to hear about all those uh, mm. things happening now because it does give you a sense of like, well, yeah, there was a spirit then, which. Like like you were saying just now, that spirit isn't just about raves. It's a spirit that's happened before that. It's a spirit that's happened mm. perhaps, you know, deep into prehistory, you know, that people gather, people get together on certain times of the year. They they play music together. They probably have some intoxication. They, they dance. They have mm. merriment. They do it to release themselves from the everyday. They do it to transcend in some way. This is as old as it gets. I mean, you know, yeah. this is built into tribal cultures, to traditional cultures. And it seems like the little chaos magic ritual on the top of that hill way back at the start of the year has kind of worked and it's um, yeah. brought things to life there on with Free Party. I, I, I absolutely think it has. I think even if what that does <coughs> is plants the seed in your mind that something's going to happen. Um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm not super superstitious at all, but I do believe that actions are uh, in some way create reactions. And if you don't, set something into play like we know the whole principle of the diy mm. attitude is that you start you get some you head in a direction may not get there the way you think you're going to get there but you will so if we think of magic being the thing that is um special in the world that, that mm. is created by people or by nature or whatever the, the specialness that's mm. in the world that that isn't necessarily easy to put your finger on well making that magic however absurd you do yeah. it whether it is two idiots too drunk on gin standing on a kind of a manhole and being surrounded by the police in the on ali pali <laughs> well that sounds like a good enough ah! method as anything but i think also and what then, it does is what it does it kind of it's 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 some way to imbue your project with some meaning that feels larger yeah. than your state than yourself because with all of these projects they're painful to kind of get Absolutely. started but also to then they're so protracted and in, in their production that you need something to kind of drag you through and if it's just your sheer will it's a hard grind but if you kind of imbue it with some kind of other meaning or just yeah. that helps you take the steps forward that's very very important it's almost like you have to make something memorable and no matter how absurd and um ridiculous that you, you you kind of feel doing it the yeah. process of making something up that stays in your mind is almost like a reminder to yourself that this is what you got to do yeah I, I also did something it was another magical ritual again you know I'm not I'm not um, superstitious but I, I did something called a sigil have you ever heard about a sigil no no I haven't tell so, me so a sigil is a way of writing into a symbol mm. uh, a desire for a specific outcome so right. it's used in again using sort of magic if you like now i don't believe that the creating of this symbol um was responsible for 
the screening that we the, the 20 odd screenings that we've just done and the mm. the next you know year to come but i think again it became a thing it's like just like writing something on your hand it's like mm. a reminder and it was yeah. a very simple way to remind it and i just drew a, i made a little drawing and it had in it everything i probably wanted to think about and it was the same idea it was this film is in some way going to get out in the world this year and i drew this little symbol and that symbol has been in my head all year i've had it it was very simple mm. it's a circle of rectangle it was a circle of a triangle and some and a, a spiral in it and a and a love cabbage and it was just a little reminder to myself it's like a, really, know, like yeah. a logo if you like yeah and, um and it really it, it just helped every time i kind of would feel like i'd lost way i just remember the little thing and it would just go remind me of that you back. impulse which yeah. was finish get it finished out in the world in some way you are you listening are to, to, to diy cinema cult i've had my own weird little chaos magic dabblings recently when we moved down to st leonard's i got very much into andrew cotting who's a local down here he um yeah. he's, a, he's an artist and filmmaker he, he made a film back in the mid 90s called gallivant and if anyone hasn't seen it i'd recommend you seek it out and watch it he's very very highly regarded mark commode thinks gallivant's i think it's in his like top 20 british films of all time very avant-garde he's experimental gallivant was a film that he shot on super eight reels he was doing a journey clockwise around the uk on the coast um, okay yeah there's, there's something a little bit klf about his choices his films always have a reason they're like spells in a way they like the, mm-hmm. he takes himself on, a, on an Psych- adventure almost psychogeographic exactly yeah yeah very much so and he was doing a tour of the, of the circle of the country with his mum and with his, his his daughter Eden filming just the people they met and the experiences they had and the places they went and the things they talked about yeah I got really into these films because I around that time I was shooting lots of super eight I just made a collection of films called trash films I'd go mm-hmm. out with a dictaphone and I'd go out with like a Super 8 camera, throw films together in a way that, yeah. you know, you don't you don't really often do with filmmaking. A filmmaker is always very considered and structured, mm-hmm. whereas in music and art, you can just smash things together and see what happens. And so yeah. I guess I was trying to do that with with films. And I thought, oh, I'd love to go and see, I'd love to see those films again. So I dug them out on an old digibeater, got them transferred. Oh, and, yeah. Um, oh, sorry, the Andrew Cotting thing. So, yeah, I ended up meeting him at a film screening recently because uh, mm. you kind of see him around locally he would be a brilliant person to have on the podcast actually oh, yes because he's very he's very diy in his approach to filmmaking and he's he's mm. really carved out a little niche in the british yeah. film industry that's just his own really um but anyway so um and i was re-inspired by this mode of filmmaking through him and uh, i dug these films out found them they're called trash films and it's from 1997 to 1999 and i thought I'd really love to make a bunch of films again like that, mm, you know, in that yeah. way, just as a project, just something to do, just to kind of free yourself up a bit, like exercising muscles or what have you. Yeah, 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 for sure. And um, I looked, I was like, right, when were those films made? They went from 97 to 99. So 99, how many years ago away is that? Fortunately, mm. it wasn't 23. It yeah. was, uh, <laughs> but it was, it was 24. And I thought, oh, well, that's kind of yeah. se- seemingly yeah. meaningless, but never mind. Yeah, yeah. 24 uh, hours in a day, you know. Sort of well, what happened to... then? Well, then what happened was that I realized that I was 24 when I finished making them. Mm. I'm now 48. That's exactly half of my yes. life ago. The collection is of 12 films. <laughs> oh, 
So oh, like exactly it. half, exactly half of 24. So yeah. I thought, right, what I need to do is I need to make another series of 12 films 24 mm-hmm. years later, and each film will reference its counterpart from the 24 years previously. So number one nice. film will in some way reference visually or them- thematically the number yeah. one film from the old set. So yeah. in a way, I, I mean, it is quite superstitious, really, but it, I've constructed this thing that I kind of have to have to do now i can't decide mm. not to do it so i've built in this yeah, kind of yeah, superstitious yeah. kind of urge you've opened a door for yourself <laughs> yeah. and now yeah. you've got to find out what's behind it yeah because I, I feel like if i complete those 12 films it will kind of open up some kind of cosmic anus that i can then just step through <laughs> <laughs> into into 2024 never wait for permission you just have to start mark and i've been following how would you describe it mark chaos magic chaos magic chaos magic i do sort of remember how much that you know a lot of my time you know leisure time in the 90s and mm. uh, noughties to a certain extent was just going to weird short film nights or yeah. um, experimental visuals i mean you know it was like it's kind of just part of the time we'd spend really was like oh there's a night and there's a bunch of films and there's some music downstairs and it was like and the films were never by anybody you particularly knew no. but it was just it was just interesting kind of being in that sort of environment and I'm sure that sort of still happens, but mm. it doesn't feel like there's as many spaces for that. No. Maybe that's just because... I don't feel that there is, but I think the one I told you about that I took mm. a film to recently here was Exploding Cinema, which is a... Yes, which, which has is been a going bunch, since Which the a 90s. bunch of people has been going since the 90s. And when I went there, yeah. it, it felt very 90s. It felt like just all the right. film screenings you used to go to where... Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, when I when the first ones I went to, they I think they felt a bit more extreme. They felt there's lots of extreme characters, and I remember there was lots of kind of cabaret style act, really in your face acts that were on in between films, yeah. and so it was a little so it was a little calmer, but not that much. Yeah. And and the people that was the the guy that was running it up down in here in St Leonard's was. He lives down here, but he was one of the original guys who said it started off in Brixton. Yeah. And it, it just feels brilliant because it's people, it, it's showing very experimental avant-garde stuff. It's it's not, yeah. there's there's no kind of, uh, there's very little, uh, you know, conventional narrative stuff necessarily. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. and that's where Andrew Cotting was showing us a, a clip from a film of his there as well. And um, mm. it's just, he, he just fitted in perfectly. And it was just lots of people just showing stuff that they've tried and experimenting with and everyone kind of you know cheering each other on it just was it was really nice it reminded me very much of the screenings i used to go to when i first started mucking about with film so a certain degree of that has been lost because we are Mm -hmm. in a sort of world where uh it's sort of in a way shoving us towards sort of production perfection yeah you know there's a there's a million and one um people on youtube complaining that the latest 6k camera has not got one feature or another and when you think about it now it's, it's so absurd because the yeah. the picture quality that you get from your phone is is you know a hundred times better in inverted commas than the picture quality that you ever had back then but yeah in a way those limitations give you a sort of uh, an urge to sort of push boundaries and see how far you can go and that, i think it was darren aronofsky who said uh when he released the the wrestler i think <clears throat> mm. that um or maybe it, maybe it was black swan 
Uh, he, he shot Black Swan large chunks of it on on sixteen mil and um, mm. on a Canon Canon five D. Interestingly, um, and I think the wrestler was all shot on sixteen. Mm. But he he said the problem with modern films is that they actually all do look the same, as mm. in they all emphasise a certain visual aesthetic. Um, they're all trying to be cinematic. They're all yeah. trying to be visually extremely with lots of depth and mm. richness. What was interesting, obviously, about my film doing a a, a film about that was largely um, sh the, the, sh the stuff that was shot now was obviously shot on the cameras I have. Um, but there was a, such a plethora of different formats that uh, were from that era. And and I really noticed because I, a lot of the I found a lot of these old cameras mm. um, to sort of digitize stuff because, you know, it was, there were so many different formats and they all had their own personality. They mm. really did. You know, now I think cameras don't have massive amount of personality because they're so perfect. The quality is so good. They all have to be a certain standard. Yeah. Um, whereas they all just had their own character. The high eight cameras, they kind of look pretty good. When you blow them up, they look really mm. pretty good. The, um, you know, some of the DV cameras, it, it looked different and it was interesting what it looked like. But they had their own built in personality. Yeah. So, yeah. and then, you know, what you made of it wasn't trying to be Hollywood. It was just working within the, those parameters. So, mm. I think it comes that that's very much the sort of part of the DIY idea is is you know working what with what you have, which we had to do I suppose in the nineties, seventies, eighties, nineties, even noughties because there was no choice. So it made you creative. It made you have to push the envelope in different ways. You know, taking photos uh, as part of a film. You know, shooting lots of stills. You know that I remember. A lot of seeing a lot of actually short films that were all done with stills because it was the only way to kind of create a certain mm. look, you know. I made a film called Sticky Fingers about a pickpocket, which you were in actually. I seem to remember, and I, at the time mm. I did, I, at the time I didn't have a, a motion camera. I only had a stills no. camera, so I, I made it yeah. on on a stills camera. I want I wanted it to be a uh, a movie, but I just I didn't have yeah. a I didn't have a camera at the time, so and I couldn't yeah. hire one. And we just shot it all on stills. And it actually worked out nicely because you then use that obstruction to add a char add characters to the film. So because he was a pickpocket, I could literally do stop motion effects of him popping things into his yes. hand and because he was doing sleight of hand and that kind of thing. So things would disappear or appear in his hands. And it ended up working great for the for the film. <laughs> was going to share some also some exciting news go uh, on let's have it some exciting some exciting news so um obviously through the process of um making the film you you're always um in some ways have half an eye on on a laurel you're always thinking mm. well the, i mean the film festival process in a way is 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 both a process of sort of showing it to people, which is fantastic, getting responses, um, and then hopefully by each festival you go to, you know, you 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 um, pick up both 
um, contacts, maybe for future mm -hmm. projects or for maybe if you were thinking about sales and that sort of stuff. Um, but also secretly, you're looking for some laurels. You're getting mm -hmm. a laurel. You want the good laurel laurels. Was, you want the good laurels. So obviously, <laughs> if you get accepted to a film festival, you get a laurel. Official selection. Yeah. You're like, yay, I've got yeah. a laurel I can put on the poster. It makes it the poster look good. And I got a laurel, obviously, by being on Doc and Roll. And then, um, and we were also accepted into a festival in, in Edit in Barcelona and um, at mm -hmm. um, another one called Musical Ecran in Bordeaux. And we went to Bordeaux and it was fantastic. 200 people, packed room, French people. I had no idea if they would like it and they really enjoyed <laughs> it. And we did like a 15 minute Q&A and it was like, oh, wow. You know, it was, it was, um, it was so it went on so late that it the q a got a bit, sh bit short but yeah. it was fantastic um did, did, did you did you bang out did you bang out any french en français uh, no no i didn't i had somebody the the organizer guy translating so it was <laughs> right kind of, okay know, hence it only lasting for 15 minutes because it's <laughs> two questions and, and he had to translate everything <laughs> afterwards um but it was great and it was um it was you know fantastic to kind of go and there's another laurel for you know official selection mm. um but i got my first other kind of laurel at um doc and roll which was um we were voted the uh, jury honorable mention award so amazing um, we went into con uh, competition out of uh, the 20 odd films they chose six films to be in competition and we effectively came second so we, we weren't best doc but we 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 uh we um got uh, the second place, if you like, which was jury honorable mention. Um, and then I've discovered that we've got another award, which what is, is this even more amazing uh, was that the there was an audience award. And so wow. uh, audiences for all of the um, films across the, the country. So there was 26 films, I think, mm. where all all the audiences were asked to vote for their favourite film. And uh, I've just been told, and I think by the time this podcast comes out, it will be official news that we won. Um, That's so, amazing. Um, so we've... we've Congratulations. Yes, we've, uh, amazing, amazing, amazing news um, that we, yeah, we won the inaugural uh, uh, Doc and Roll Audience Award for best docs so that is um, fantastic well you, you're already building up a, a good amount of laurels there for the poster get yeah. those on the poster straight away as soon as you can <laughs> absolutely <laughs> lots of, there's a laurel 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 exactly <laughs> yeah right so, so uh, well that is magic what magic news that is brilliant and well well yeah. deserved too yeah fantastic and thanks to your fantastic work as well mark because obviously um you know, it, it certainly was not done on my own. I had oh, it was so a small many piece, different a small people. piece of the pie, a small piece, of extremely, the pie. extremely important piece of the pie. <laughs> and so many people <laughs> mentioned to me, they're loving the, the graphics and oh, who did the animation and all of that stuff. So fantastic. Contribution oh, good. To lovely. The, to it was lovely to see it up on the big screen at the uh, at the premiere. It was lovely to see. Yeah, yeah. We're well, glad to find the ProRes versions in there as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're working up to the wire a bit, weren't we?
a little dicky bird told me that you're doing some pickups soon Is we are we're case? shooting again uh we're shooting again this weekend actually or friday what? saturday so sunday who is shooting? What what are you shooting? Tell us all about. We it. are shooting. Well, we we had. Well, we've been squirreling away. Um, you, you as in the crew uh, of of, of the old man, the old man. So yeah, yeah, me and our editor Melissa Holton are being kind of squirreling away. I guess we've we've got a cut that's about uh, you know it's a rough cut. It runs at about an hour thirty. But you know it's it, it what we're missing is. All of the kind of stuff that second unit would have been picking up if we'd had a second mm. unit or had the money. So it's kind of establishing bits and pieces, little bits of detail, close ups here and there that we're going to go back and pick up and we're going to do it. We're doing a shoot down here in uh, St. Leonard's on Saturday and then we're back in London on Sunday to do some car stuff. Basically, you know, did the cut and it did feel a little flat without our establishing stuff and, and i just went out and shot some test stuff on my cameras yeah. <clears throat> and um you know once you drop those establishers into the opening just the opening two scenes of the film it just lifts it it just goes to show you how much yeah. those things really really impact on, on on the level of your film just it, you know giving the audience little points you know breathers and and also just bringing you know bringing the audience into your character in a way of an introduction it just really helps with not only just setting the scene but also with character as well it really helps with character mm -hmm. the reason why we're shooting now and haven't been doing it earlier is we just the budget completely ran dry and and you know unfortunately yeah. my own personal finances are so tied into this film but it's it's been the the old uk film fund tax relief that's come to the rescue for us basically so we got a bit mm. of a rebate there which is basically funding the pickups and probably a little oh, bit more wow. hopefully into the into uh tell me how you did it because i've still got to do the same with the free party oh well. really my accountant ended up helping me a lot actually and basically you do have to jump through a lot of hoops with the government but they're, they're yeah. certainly hoops worth jumping through because it is a considerable yeah. amount that you get back or a considerable percentage 25 percent back or something like yeah that. yeah something like that so it's um we applied first for certification from the bfi that our film is british and so you have to go it through takes, i remember doing a bit of that that takes a while doesn't yeah because our film isn't finished we had to apply for an interim certificate interim yeah, yeah and then we'll apply for the full one once once we're back but we are an interim british film officially in the eyes of the bfi so that's fine so then that means that's you can true. go on and take that certification onto your tax application you know your tax fund refund application so i'm back in i'm kind of in the middle of just organizing shoots at the moment but it's so it's a little stressful but it's nice stress it's nice when you get back into that and so so you've managed to so you're doing things in st leonard's that are meant to be in st leonard's no kind of cheating things yeah we're cheating so we're shooting at the windows of my new flat which could be which could double as the flat we shot in because we never actually saw the windows when we shot there and it yeah. was night it was night yeah, yeah. when we shot the first scene and now it's daytime so that will work and then the second stuff we're going to shoot is one half of a, of a phone conversation where one of the characters is breaking up on the phone with his girlfriend so the girlfriend's never been seen yet so it's quite funny because al although we we've, we have a one hour 30 cut and we you know we're still in kind of a rough cut phase but even though we've gone that far down the road with the cut, 
you know, there's this actress we're shooting on on Saturday. We still haven't shot her yet. She hasn't been shot at all. Her scene hasn't been shot. <laughs> and only two days ago, I cast our final actor. So she's going to be filmed next week and she's going to appear on a, on a video call on a phone. So although we're kind of getting edging ever closer to the end, we're still in the process of casting people and shooting people still. So it feels a bit back, back to front. It feels now we're at a stage where we're putting final little pieces in in place so it feels nice yeah like listening to your first podcast <laughs> what the hell are these two guys talking about i mean generally i'll be brutally honest i'm gonna be brutally honest please i think you two need, yeah, it, we do. Okay? We need it you nobody's gonna give you that money if you two want to generally make a film generally and not just talk about it you have to do it to yourself yeah. Yeah. that's your first film and you have to get yourself out of had an interesting offer from um when we were looking for um graders to 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 grade our Mm. film we were chatting to these people who worked at a company i'm not going to give their name because we haven't agreed anything yet but yeah uh, the company that they work for is a fairly large dit company uh, dit and grading company it's a dit meaning for people who don't know it's you know Mm. it's it's dealing with the, the, the the digital once the stuff, once the digital image is shot on film sets, it's dealing with that. It's just the organisation of it, yeah. getting onto drives, backing it up, taking it to the post houses, treating it. But that company itself wants to expand itself over the next year or so to become more of a 360 production house. Because we'd sent our tray, someone, you know, this this grader had our trailer in her hand and must have shown it to somebody. They'd seen it, uh, liked the look of it, and they want to kind of come in and help us on the back end of our film. So that would be from from now from grading and organizing our us in terms for delivery you know final specs and delivery and all yep. the rest of it which would be a yeah, massive yeah. help you know and and the trade-off is that they would get a fairly top line production credit you know they it, it would be they yep. want some kind of production credit because then it's a very quick easy credit for them if they want to start putting themselves out as a production house in the next six as months a, or a year production company, they've got yeah. a they've got that's one credit they can say well this is an indie film that we did and it's called you yeah, know yeah. um the old man so uh, still up for negotiation how much of a credit that is and if it's a if they're doing work on gratis or if it's a reduced fee or that's that's all to yeah. be negotiated because as you know you're in the middle of it now there's so much legwork so much money and effort still has to go in yes. to push yourself over that line wait for it wait wait for it wait a minute there's the whole we're going to have a couple of in- interesting episodes coming up, aren't we? We're going to try and do some yeah. um, little looks into some DIY cult classics. Yeah, I think of... it'll just take things a little bit in a different direction. It's been great, some... obviously, focusing on our own projects for a long time, but we're going to, I suppose, look at the things that have inspired us and many other DIY yeah. filmmakers over the years to um, to sort of believe that they can do something for themselves and who have then gone on to do some pretty remarkable things so um, we're gonna we're gonna have a real kind of close-up look at some some iconic filmmakers who've whose first features were real bits of pieces of diy 
art really artworks diy artworks yeah. and uh you know the first one we're, we're probably going to look at first episode in that run will probably be mr david lynch one of our old favorites and and a razor head oh, yes fantastic um, uncle david uh, but uh yeah so we'll, we'll get to those hopefully soon and yeah um, but it's been great as always chatting and uh lovely <laughs> all right aaron i'll see you soon for lynch and a razor head Love you, listeners. Love you, listeners. Harry Krishna. Harry, Harry Rama. <laughs> <laughs>